and welcome to Bandcast Movie Trash. I'm DB, and with me as always is Aaron Minogue. Zebra. And Jared Levin. Hey, what up? Each month we choose two movies for a double feature. Our last movie was Point Break, and our companion movie to that is this week's North Shore, 1987, directed by William Phelps. Billy. Starring <laughs> probably not many people you've heard of. Matt Adler, Nia Peoples. She's cool as hell. We'll get to her. Gregory Harrison and um, Laird Hamilton is the only name that jumped out to me because he. Dude, Jerry big... Lopez was the local guy. Jerry Lopez was like the Kelly Slater before uh, Kelly Slater. So, okay. Yeah, I was seeing that. Like the famous or the. The legendary Jerry Lopez. Okay, so you're familiar with Jerry Lopez? He's Yeah, Mr. Pipeline himself. What character did he play? Was he Vince? Yeah, he's Vince. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I was really worried going into this movie. Just because after we watched the trailer, Aaron, you and I, uh, on last week's episode... I was like, wow, this movie looks fucking awful. And I was like, oh, this is no way to start a podcast. Like, do Point Break and then go to North Shore. But I'll just betray some of my initial impressions. I fucking love this movie. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's a great movie. (laughs) It was so bad, it's good. Like, it was an enjoyable movie to watch. Aaron, what did you think? It's enjoyable. I wasn't, I had no point where I was like, oh, just make it end. But when I realized it was wrapping up, I was ready to be done with it. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. (laughs) It is a swift, like, 90 minutes. Like, it doesn't overstay its welcome. So that's good. Like, you were were ready for it to wrap up, but it it didn't, it hit the the full-length movie mark. But, you know, if it had been 10 minutes shorter, then it wouldn't have been a full-length feature. But it could have probably shaved 10 minutes here and there. What I thought could have been nice was because I thought that the main character slightly resembled like a poor man's Sean Penn. Okay, and yeah. I was thinking Sean Penn in that role would have done a, lo- a lot more for me with that movie. Oh, for sure. But he already did like the surfer Spicoli in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. And what was that? Was that 1980? But he's such a good actor. I 100% agree with you. He could have done this this character and not had echoes of Spicoli. Like, he, he can change. He's a malleable actor. Yeah. Yeah, and because this kid's from Arizona anyway, he doesn't have that. Like, Spicoli was like California surfer dude. Yeah. And I would say that what that's probably the surfing stereotype that I've ever been introduced to. So this Hawaiian surfer dude is different than the California. And this guy's not even from there. He's from Arizona. But I wasn't getting from Turtle for sure. Turtle was like surfer dude, brah. Yeah. Turtle was one of the uh, henchmen in uh, Point Break or one of the robbers. Oh, wow. I didn't see that in what I was researching at all. What I did come up with from on Turtle was that this guy so wanted this part that uh, in order to get it, he moved to Hawaii for a short time so that he could really learn, so he could learn how to surf. No, he no, he already knew how to surf. From what I was reading, it said that he wanted to come in in Hawaii was learning to surf. That could be wrong. I could be misremembering really? that. But oh. They did say that he learned the pigeon slang, which when we get like when we start going through the plot here, that 
never made sense to me. Like, I could not understand what the fuck he was saying. It kind of came and it kind of went. But um, he was at least dedicated. He wanted the part. The courage moving to Hawaii to study for the part. Move to Buffalo in the winter. That's true. Yeah. Show me that dedication. So he was a surfer before Vince was a, uh, a professional surfer. And of course, we have Laird Hamilton, who's the only one that I know. Yeah. I feel like he's the one that the beginner surfers or non-surfers know, right? Yeah. And then once you're into surfing, you're like, Psh, come on, like we go deeper than that. But I'm still at surface level with my name yeah. surfers. So, but Laird Hamilton, I just, uh, I dig the shit out of because I saw some of that footage of him surfing at like Jaws, right? The kind of spot that he discovered and then he was also in he was actually the way i came across him was it, one of the subjects interview subjects in this book called the wave which is um like a really fascinating book just about waves in general and about rogue waves which are really fucking terrifying you know that they t a rogue wave takes down a cargo ship the cargo ships go missing on average around the world once a month just disappear nobody has any idea what? and they just they've now assumed that they just get taken out by a rogue wave like a hundred foot wave that just comes out of nowhere in the sea and then they just they just vanish like they're just taken out like one oh, a shit. month is really insane. that's way too many for anybody to still be operating these ships isn't it crazy it's what i think about now every time when i see them out on the water like you know leaving here from la and i'm like Wow, that's actually more dangerous than I thought. Because I used to think cargo ships, though, that's a really safe form of travel. Not at all. It's really crazy. Why cargo ships specifically, I wonder? Cargo ships? Well, because I think they're just the ones that are traversing the, the oceans at the highest frequency. Yeah. Wow, one a month. That's a lot. With North Shore, on its debut weekend, August 14th, 1987, it debuted at number 16 at the box office. Which oh, man, number 16. Really unfortunate. <laughs> it came in 16. Number six that weekend was Masters of the Universe, the He-Man movie, in its second week. Mm. The only reason I bring oh. that up is because Laird Hamilton was cast to play He-Man in the sequels to Masters of the Universe that were never made. So Wow. What was number one? It was a movie I'd never heard of. Yeah, number one was Stakeout in its second week. You ever heard of that, Jared? Never heard of Stakeout. And then number two was The Living Daylights, also in its second week. It was a bad weekend for movies. August is usually yeah. where they dump shit. Yeah. And yet still it came in at number 16. Came in at number 16, which is more than we can say for our podcast. So I don't know who's, who's shitting on who. Yeah. I want to get I want to get top 20. And that's actually not to disparage this movie because you know what? Sometimes movies, they become cult classics, which this one really did. But I wasn't totally aware of it. Jared, had you seen this movie before? No, I knew about it. You knew about it, but this is your first time seeing it. Yeah, the, the, the turtle line where turtle says, hey, man, if you go right in front of the reef, you're going to get drilled. That, that That's like the most iconic line from that movie. Okay. Well, <laughs> could also have been from a late night Cinemax movie, too. And there's a lot of pro surfers in this movie, too. I love how um, 
when he wins his big surfing contest in Arizona, he gets this big-ass silver belt buckle because nothing's a surfer like a belt buckle that you'd see at the rodeo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're get, we gotta, yeah, let's start moving through the plot here because this fucking movie comes out of the gate at 100 miles an hour. This movie is so fucking insane. I could not keep up with it by like 25 minutes in. My wife and I are just looking at each other like, I don't know what this, I'm laughing. I thought this movie was great in the thir- first 30 minutes. I, I was not expecting any of this. I couldn't believe that the majority of the trailer or like the first half of the trailer is really just like the opening minute of, of the movie itself. Like they don't waste any fucking time. It's just, here's some shots as the opening credits are passing through of, of people surfing in a wave pool here. He won the state championship <laughs> and then we're off man. But the right. So he wins the Arizona state championship <laughs> Yeah, yeah, given, yeah. <laughs> he's given not just a buckle, Aaron, for a trophy. That is Chekhov's buckle because yeah. you better believe that that belt buckle is going to come in as a major plot point later in the movie. Foreshadowing <laughs> the $500. He's awarded the $500. And w- the guy says something else that'll buy you a few tacos $500. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, man, don't make this all about what you would do with $500. Oh, yeah, he was like, I got a little moment here on this movie, and I'm going to ad-lib a little bit. By the way, that wave pool is a real wave pool in Arizona. Okay, I know there's a lot being made about Kelly Slater's new wave pool, but I didn't realize that they had wave pools back here in 1987. I thought this was like a totally novel thing. I mean, I know they have like kind of those fun ones, like it is more for swimming wave pools, but they actually had surfing wave pools back then. Okay, so here's a little backstory. Late 80s, they try to design a couple wave pools. Um, the Kelly Slater one's groundbreaking because that's one's like, holy shit. But the other wave pools they made, one of them was in Arizona. They tried to do the in another in they tried to do another wave pool contest in Allentown, Pennsylvania, in Dorney Park, and Typhoon Lagoon in Disney World. And then there was one in Japan that got demolished. Okay, so why is the new one from Kelly Slater so revolutionary? Oh my god, the one from Kelly Slater looks like a real wave. Oh, and these were the so these other wave pools were not. There were more novelties, more except for the Typhoon Lagoon one and the one in Japan. They were, and then the one in um Dubai. They, you know, they were they were okay waves, but the Kelly Slater one's like a real wave. It looks like you know it's a legit wave, like an actual wave wave like yeah. where you can get barreled you can do sections it's like the ultimate perfect wave and kelly slater took and his engineers took like i don't know 15 years to make that thing damn yeah still doesn't uh make this kid any less of a dweeb for winning a, a surf competition in a wave pool and winning a belt buckle you, you, dude, this is gonna be truer than fiction the rick kane story <laughs> by the way rick kane's shirtless in most of this movie Oh, Aaron, did you notice that? Oh, yeah, yeah. And when he is wearing a shirt, it's pink. Yeah. He's contest. I noticed it. (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of male nipples in this. Yeah, I wasn't mad about that. I I did like seeing all the shirtless guys. When he's he's leaving to go to Hawaii, and he says there's the guy that came to the wave pool a year ago that lives there. He's going to go stay with him. If that's in real life, that guy that's stalking out the wave pool in Arizona... 
And then he comes to stay with him in Hawaii. Rick King gets killed as soon as he arrives. It's when they're riding home from him winning this competition in the wave pool that he te- Rick tells his friend that he's going to go stay with an older guy who once came by the wave pool. Like what the- <laughs> This movie is taking a very startling turn for the macabre here in the opening minutes of it. I mean, Jared would go skinny dipping with him, but he draws yeah. the line at staying in his house. Yeah, that's yeah. crossing the line. And walk. Aaron would date him. Well, I'd maybe go out with him. You're probably not his type, unfortunately. That's true. Because you're not a you're not a young boy who likes to go shirtless. <laughs> there's some other creepy moments. We're gonna return to that this running theme. Oh yeah, there's a lot of poor choices made by the characters in this movie. So once Rick gets home, he has a conversation with his mom, who is clearly on drugs. <laughs> oh, God, she's the worst. She is if Barb lived in Stranger Things and had a kid somehow. She does look like Barb. That is, yeah. like Barb, that is Barb <laughs> looking into the future. That is the crystal ball for how Barb turns out. The timeline is um, is close. Oh, She's gross. He says this line that he doesn't want to be a wrinkled up old geezer at 40. And as the one of us who's eight months away from turning 40, I kind of resent this little prick for saying that. I just turn it against him at this point. I'm not that wrinkled. Okay, so this movie, we are. This movie is moving along so fucking fast. Like in the opening minutes, he's won a surf competition. We learn that he's been uh, accosted by an elder pedophile who invented invited him to Hawaii. Uh, his mom is on drugs. She's okay with him going to Hawaii uh, to pursue his dreams. And then what I love here, they show the footage of a jet. As though to say, just in case you thought that North Shore was a 40-minute drive across town. No, 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 no. The North Shore of Hawaii requires some flying. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's not going to surf there. Oh, man. Um, And then he gets to Hawaii. And just so happens that when he stumbles into this strip club that he's been lured to, there's other surfers in there. Surfers that he knows. Yeah, Mark Ochilupo. And then he decides while they're getting kicked out, he's going to run out with them and just hop in the Jeep and tell him he's coming too. And they're cool with that. Because they're Australian. And he's got the <laughs> surfboard with him in the strip club. This reminded me of your beef with Keanu bringing the surfboard into the police station. <laughs> like, yeah, it yeah. kind of looks the same. And I'm like, oh, Aaron's it's not going to like much. this. We know. Okay. We, like, cool. You can surf. But you can't surf here. So why is your board with you right now? What was going on in that club? So here he meets with the guy who was, who had invited him. And the bartender doesn't remember him, which I love. Because he forgets a lot of the boys he tries to molest with promises of beachfront property in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. But I love the fact that he doesn't remember this kid. He probably got too old looking for him. That's right. Yeah. When he was Macaulay Culkin age, that's when... That's when he was inviting him to Hawaii. Yeah, he's like, oh, no, you must have the wrong guy. Order this bitch a glass of champagne for 20 bucks and then get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Which I, I love this club scene. I love even the outside, how raucous it is. I think, Did you guys notice that fucking cabbie with the tattoos on his head? Like all these gangland <laughs> tattoos that Gabby was terrifying. He was scary. And it was just out of nowhere. Like everything is just coming full steam ahead. And I don't understand what was going on in the back 
of this strip club where the other surfer guys come running out of. What was going on? What was the story there? Because one of them got up on the stage. Oh, it was that. But then it looked like they were running out from from the back. No? Because then, because then the bouncer tried to be like, get off the stage or whatever. Must have like gripped him up, and so they were, you know, this is going down. So they started swinging. I liked the vibe of the strip club. This looked like a cool strip club. Yeah, there's a lot going on. It was twenty dollars. Like <laughs> yeah, everything is twenty dollars. You'd cab. be lucky to get a glass of champagne for twenty dollars now if you went to that same spot. That's right. And so the cab was $20. The glass of champagne was $20. And ultimately, is that like a running gag in this movie? The art supplies that were stolen from him that Chandler ends up buying, that was $20. $20 for them. <laughs> Does Stephen Wright write that? <laughs> oh, and then I love, he, he hops into this Jeep. And then they are cheetah hunting. Is that what I hear? <laughs> oh, whatever this guy. Are there cheetahs in Hawaii? No. No. <laughs> no. Mongoose. Okay. Whatever so... the Australian was saying, I mean, he may as well have been one of the adults from the Peanuts cartoons. Like, I just gave up trying to figure out what he was saying. But he's not really Australian, right? Yeah, he's really Australian. Both I those guys are. Is. Oh, really? Because I, I have written here the Australian accents were so bad. I had no idea what they were saying. Dude, those are real Australians. That's Aki. It's so weird seeing Aki so young, the oldest person to be to win a world title. Mark Ochilupo, Aki. The one who's driving the Jeep who is up on yeah. stage? Oh, wow. It's so weird seeing him young and blonde. But yeah, he's going. He, he's trying to go back to the contest now. Oh, well, I don't support that. I'm a soul surfer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what were, they, what were they doing near the fire? What did they say they were doing? What was this? This was another. Like he makes him get out of the car. They're like, jump out. He's like, yeah. Okay, then I, I leave. Like, I'm. it's all fucking crazy to me. Yes, it was so fucking good. I why was like, this is why an are acid they trip. letting him ride in the Jeep, first of all? And then why is he jumping out next to a huge fire <laughs> just because they said to? <laughs> With this surfboard. Yeah, I didn't understand that part. <laughs> okay, good. So none of us understood that. And then who, what were the guys with the machetes on the other side? They're like, give that back. What did he take? Yeah, I don't know what he took. Like uh, a stock like... of sugarcane? And for what did he want that? Because it never it never came back around where we saw that it was used for something or... Which I appreciate, actually. I like uh, <laughs> dangling threads that go nowhere because that's more that's closer to, to real life. But that scene, that was where I was like, I love this fucking movie because everything is happening so fast. Nothing makes sense. The one guy I can't understand. The shot where they first show the fire is blurry and out of focus. <laughs> he goes, what's that up ahead? And it's like, oh, it's a blurry fire. Nothing to worry about. And then all of a sudden he's running alongside. Then he's back in the Jeep. Then they're back. Then they're over at the Aussie guy's place for a pool party. And I mean, I don't even know what to say about the. Oh no, I thought I thought that when they went, they went back to Burkhardt's house. No, that's not his place, is it? I thought he said this is Lance Burkhardt's place. He'll he'll be back on whatever day. He's not here right now. I thought that's what they said. Oh, was it? Because then they do go into the room with all the trophies, but I thought that might be the Aussie guys' trophies. But no, that would make more sense that it was Lance Burkhardt. It was Laird's trophy room. 
Oh, yeah, because that's before Aki won his stuff. He's like, he's not here. He'll be back on whatever. All right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so it's it's uh, Burke and so, but, Okay, but let's say it's not his house. Th- these people are, they are friends with Lance Burkhardt at the very least. Yes. Well, they're in the tour. So basically what's happened was this kid decides, I'm going to Hawaii. I got this motherfucker's poster in my bedroom. I just did the wave pool shit. I'm the best surfer in Arizona, which after I watched him get out on the waves, I started thinking to myself, maybe I'm also the best surfer in Arizona. <laughs> but he gets into this Jeep with these strangers and just happens to land in the home of his hero. Well, at least it's an island and it is like a small sort of community. I mean, it does strain credulity. I'll give you that. But I mean, like if you went to Hawaii now in the North Shore, you'd You'd run into like famous surfers, right? Like uh, Jamie O'Brien lives there. Like, yeah, it Jamie be... O'Brien, that's his domain. Yeah, like it would not be. I, I get totally get what you're saying, but it could kind of make sense. Obviously, this movie is fucking bonkers, but is there yeah, some bonkers. some thread? Some thread? Maybe not in Honolulu. <laughs> I don't know. How right? Yeah, because that's the now that's the key, uh, Aaron. Right? Is how what is the geography of this? He's in Honolulu, but the North Shore is way over on the other side of the island right yeah and then there's the the other party that they go to where burkhardt is there he gets out of the car and he looks like um he's like little mr swirly man <laughs> the first girl that he walks up on he's like you i'm french and yeah then they're dancing and i was thinking to myself i hope he's a better surfer than he is a dancer because it was not good. It was like Tom Brady back in Carnival all over again. Yes, they should not have uh, made Laird dance for sure. Stick to what you're good with being shirtless, Laird. Keep your tits out. In, in some ways, he should have stayed just uh, totally a non-present entity throughout the whole movie because Laird's acting is fucking awful. <laughs> Laird. It is not good. And in fact, well, we can... Um, this this actually brings it to, a, to another character that I also want to talk about who is also lacking uh, some of the method acting chops because the next morning, so the Aussie drives Rick to Sunset Beach and this is where he has his first encounter with the surf locals and uh, Vince's gang... And Vince <laughs> tells them when they're getting out, uh, you know, you dangerous, better you go home. I'm a little concerned that Vince might be on the spectrum. He has the n- dead affect throughout the entire movie. Yeah, I mean, I mean, surfing is his specialty. I think he got hit in the reef too many times. He's got a case of the reef head. Yeah, they got a reef head, man. Too much reef rash. Oh, how about the duck diving part? Oh, yeah, when they tell him he's got a duck dive. That's when they're paddling out there at uh, Sunset Beach uh, for the first time. So he leaves his uh, gear on the beach just by a bush, perfectly hidden from people who are going to... I don't know why the guy says uh, you can't leave it in the Jeep because it'll get stolen. So better to just put it by a bush where it's sure not to get stolen. What the hell's the logic in that? And he's like, hey, don't leave it up there, I reckon. Keep it over there. (laughs) Which going to later in the movie, this means means that he has kept his trophy belt buckle in his gear that he brought to Hawaii. Yeah, when you gonna what are you gonna wear ever there that you're gonna stick that buckle on? Your pink shirt? Right. There's not much occasion and all he's doing is walking around in like board shorts the whole time. Yeah, your skin tight flower shorts and your pink shirt. <laughs> 
I mean, we see his nipples like the whole time, man. They messed up on the trailer part. They should have shown more of his nipples. <laughs> okay. It was a nice little treat for the audience. If they'd showed more of that in the trailer, maybe they could have come in at number 12 at the box office opening week oh instead of 16. God. Can yeah. you imagine? <laughs> Moved up four spots just from Aaron's ticket purchases alone. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so he gets his shit stolen and then... He's in town, and this is like this is another fucking insane moment where all of a sudden there is a guy coming out of a shop. We don't know who this person is. He's wearing a Star Wars mask, and he's talking in this crazy fucking pigeon English. And I was like, I don't understand. Is this the Aussie guy? Where did the Aussie guys go? Why did they leave him? What is going on? Did anybody? And then it just happens to be Halloween, and uh, you see in the background little kids carrying you know halloween baskets these people have no idea that a movie is being shot right there and that there's yeah, no they don't. Of it. <laughs> but the great thing about you wearing a costume is that they don't need to sign releases so that's how they just got away with shooting that yeah and then he just walks over to him and it's like like a freak show in his face with the mask yeah why is he just where does this conversation come out of he's just walking into he the tells show. him i just got the last one <laughs> The last one, what? What was it again? Mask. Oh, the last mask. Like he thought, he just sees somebody walking into the store. Everybody was after it. Yeah, everyone's after mask. <laughs> yeah, and assumes that this is what you're here for. I was here for some bread and milk, man. I don't know what the fuck is this mask. It's so fucking weird. Yeah. So we got the it's Halloween. He's got the the last Star Wars mask, whatever that that character was. I can't remember. Here at this Halloween party, this is where your eyes must have brightened, um, because at the Halloween party. For First, though, there's a really shitty scene where Rick says those girls were gorgeous and then it pans as they walk by. Those girls are like 12 or 13 years old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you notice that? I didn't notice them being... So then in my mind, I was like, oh, I guess he's a lot younger. But then it's like, no, wait, because then Kiani is of age. So she's like, you know, 18, 19 years old. I'm like, yeah, no, this guy's like out of he's going on to college. And those girls were like 12 to 13 years old that he says are gorgeous. Like, well, I don't know yeah. what the fuck that was about. Did you hear that line? <laughs> the turtle said they're like 12 or 13 years old. Did he say that? Yeah, oh, he, he did. did? Holy yeah. shit. Well, what are they doing at the party? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> God, Asian girls are tricking everybody. I mean, this is going a little bit ahead, but then there's the professor that's photographing all the guys. Speaking of molesters. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're going to get to the to him for sure. Yeah, he's... Uh... He is not allowed near schools and parks, I can tell you that. It's not like to the level where he has to let everybody know that he lives in the neighborhood. But he, he's not allowed to be near the schools or the parks. Which is no skin off his back because he's got a telescopic lens. He can, You can push him as far away as you, as you want to. He's still going to get what he needs. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll get the shot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, man, come on. Now, Aaron, when Laird makes his appearance, whatever his character's name is, I'm just going to refer to him as Laird. Uh, Lance what, Burkhart. Yeah, Lance Burkhart. <laughs> what was your like reaction here? He so does. This dude is like a, a fine physique. My wife 
my wife perked up when he showed up and then was saying, why can't you look like that? And he still looks like that. I know. It's fucking nuts. That dude, that dude is just as ripped and cut today as he ever was. And he invented a stand-up paddleboard. He's got, like, lights are on but no one's home eyes. <laughs> and that, to me, is like, it doesn't matter how good everything else looks. That's frightening. I can't work with that. So that's interesting because my wife was getting my wife gets really emotionally pulled into movies where if she doesn't like the character, she's just mad, just mad and angry at that person (laughs) like in this movie. So she is getting furious at him. She's like, oh, see, he's just such an asshole. And that just all that beauty is just gone to waste. I'm like, see, that's the difference between men and women here, because for you, it's the guy is beautiful, but his personality sucks. And now he's not as attractive for a guy if she's hot it doesn't matter what her personality is she's still hot we'll still go with it no problem no problem (laughs) not are you sure it's his personality or his acting and that's what it is that's what i was about to say like he's not a bad dude and he's not like he's a really sharp uh guy i think you'll find oh no dude no He's a fucking moron. I, I don't. <laughs> he looks know. like a moron. Dude, I've heard him talk in interviews, and it is just like, all right. So when you, when, you, when you hear him talk about surfing, you're like, oh, okay, okay. But as soon as he doesn't talk about surfing or physically training, he's a fucking meathead. Dude, I yeah. saw one. There's one interview with him. He's like, yo, man, that's my brother, man. Yeah, and he's like fist pounding this guy, and it's just like it made no sense. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's exactly what my takeaway was when I saw the when I looked into his eyes. That's what I saw. Dumb dick. Really? Personality of a fence post. No, I mean when he talks about surfing and you know he invented the stand up paddleboard and the a carbon foil. But when you get him outside of the that realm, you know, keep in mind when he was doing this, he was a male model too. Well, <laughs> double threat. Double threat, right well, there. The thing is, is that if Laird and I are looking to make a love connection. We're going to have a problem because I'm not in the surfing realm. So for me, I, there won't be a whole lot of surfing touch points. Oh, please. You, he's going to teach you. You have a lifetime. I'm already taking lessons from Turtle. <laughs> oh, you're going you're gonna to continue to take lessons from Turtle rather than Laird? You should look up, a, pull up their pictures and put them side by side. I, right I'll now tell you what, I had, a, I had a sweeter tooth for Turtle than I did for Lance. Right uh, in this movie, certainly, and of, and of course, I was I was attracted to Chandler. Oh, you? Oh, okay, right. The not nice like, guy, not overly attractive, but I did like his. You hear that, Jared? I heard his that. personality. Yeah, not He's overly. Not overly, Jared. <laughs> she she wants us to be sure. <laughs> okay, no. we're, we're here. We're just like just like with Murray, it was not a sexual thing, Jared. It was not. A no, sexual no, no, thing. no, no, no. Chandler is sexual. Oh, okay. Murray all was right. not sexual. Okay. Um, Chandler's just not on Matlock level. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Well, actually, in the, the the inspiration for um Chandler's character is actually Laird Hamilton's dad, Rick Hamilton. Adoptive dad. Adopted dad. Yeah. Yo, did you know how they met? Like, his mom was started dating him, right? Or they just met on the beach, right? And yeah, then Laird started- met him as a kid, you know, and he was just running around like, you know, hey, man, you're cool. And then, and then he's like, yo, man, meet my mom. And then they fuck. You should fuck my mom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's really what happened. 
And actually, then that dude became a really abusive asshole. He used to beat the shit out of Laird and I think yeah. his mom. So yeah, he was he was an asshole. But the Chandler in this movie, as as you're saying, is a much better guy than whoever he was modeled after from uh, Laird's childhood. Yeah. It's really surprising that this story between him and Rick isn't as painful or as overly stupid as I thought it would be. It was actually not bad. It wasn't like it wasn't terribly acted either. No. And it was kind of interesting that he's has this beautiful well, it's not a beautiful house. He has a beautiful spot right on the ocean, but it's kind of a janky house. That's another thing that I love about this movie. Everything is shot on location. Right? There's like no sets anywhere in this movie. Yeah, that's what's cool about it. Maybe the shacks, but I don't even know if the shacks are sets. I feel like even the shacks, like the, 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 where they're sculpting, I feel like that's just, that's location. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was way more surfing in this movie than there was in Point Break, where you could see, like with the, um, the tube. It's really cool looking, those shots. I have that noted too. Like once we get to that, uh, the competition, I'm really surprised at the shots that they're able to get because this is, again, 1986. So, like, these cameras are no GoPro, no digital cameras or anything. So they just got to be out there, on what, on boats near them, right, Jared? Is that... Well, they, they still had waterproof cameras. You saw the professor in, the wets, in his wetsuit filming people. Yeah, like a creep. Yeah, you saw him creeping out on Rick Kane's nipples. Uh, okay, so but I guess before we move on from that uh, party, this is also where he meets the love interest. This is where he meets uh, Keani. Yeah, Keani. Who we will note in a scene later, uh, the movie can't decide what her fucking name is because it goes back and forth between Keani and Katani. Yeah, <laughs> oops, continuity. So then I guess that's the next day, Turtle takes uh, Rick to Pipeline, and uh, this is where Rick wipes out and cuts up his back. After which uh, Keani takes him by horseback to rub aloe on his back. Deep into the woods. <laughs> on horseback. Why is she on a horse? Dude, that horse thing made no fucking sense. <laughs> I was so it was like the cover of a Daniel Steele novel. Why is he on a why is she on a horseback? And then after he gets drilled into the coral and is taking him to treat his back, why is he on the front of the horse? Why isn't he that on the back? Was on my nerves too. Okay, so you know this. You've been riding the horse. And now we don't even know this fucking guy. Look what he just did out in the water with the surfboard. He jacked himself up. And now you're just going to let him drive? And you're the one helping him out. Oh, my God. How do you even... This kid has never been on a horse before. She saw that belt buckle and she knew daddy was able for it. But that doesn't change it. Well, she she hasn't seen the belt buckle because it's been stolen by, by this point. Yeah. Yeah, but she knows her cousin took it. He was a mark from the very beginning. She's the one who plotted the whole thing. <laughs> okay. With her horse. The horse is like, what the fuck's the horse doing there? <laughs> and again, like, I, 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 was, I was annoyed that she had him on the front. You're helping him out. Make him ride in the back. Like, what, what the fuck is this? Well, and it's your horse. It's your horse. But I guess this is like, I don't know, what, Hawaiian culture? Where are you at the fur to the men? I don't know. Well, what they showed us, though, in this was because I thought that, too, like, what if I went over to Hawaii and started chatting it up with a local there? 
is the whole family going to be on my shit? Like, I got to go? Oh, no, it's different. Or would they all just have been like, yeah, hey, what's going on? It's like, because she's a woman. You remember how Thomas Jefferson <laughs> sired uh, a number of kids with his uh, African slaves? Yeah. Yeah. So it's Whoa, sort of like that. The, where, threat, wait, what? the threat is never of uh, female otherness. It's always of the male otherness. The males uh. are the ones to be, uh, you know, castigated and run out. So, Aaron, you're going to be fine. You'll be all right. You'll, okay. you'll be fine. But uh, Thank soon, God. And Jared's okay because he's got, well, they're just confused by Jared. <laughs> they, yeah. <laughs> bro, you, you have, sound like a Holly from the mainland, bro, but you look like one of us, bro. They're going to they're, they're yeah. gonna spend a lot of long nights trying to do that math. But then me, I'm getting the shit beat out of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Hawaiian way. Yes. Well, just make sure you got the surfboard in your hand while you are and make sure your wife gets some pictures of it. Please. And, and of course, when it's a soft top board, I'm getting an extra whooping too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Go home, Barney. See, that's such a true stereotype about Hawaiians loving a fist fight. Just prior to that, like, what is a kook? A kook is a, is a beginner surfer. Oh. It's also the same thing for Barney. You know what? What was endearing was that Rick was at least on board with the idea that he wasn't the best surfer. Yeah. He didn't have such a chip on his shoulder as Keanu did. It's like, Keanu, you didn't win the competition in the wave pool, did you? He didn't, yeah. And uh, yeah, Keanu dropped in on... Vince. Oh, I was going back to, to Point Break. But no, but uh, Rick doesn't oh. drop in on Vince. Rick is just like, happens to be caught in the break. And then he kind of yeah. runs into him, which isn't as bad. Yeah, That's not, not as bad. bad. He just kind of fucked up in where he was. But now, Jared, I got a question, too, about this. You can be drilled under and then get swallowed up in the caves, the coral caves, oh. and drown there? Yeah, all right. So one of the cameos that appeared here, Mark Fu. That's what happened to him at Mavericks in 94. Damn. But there's no coral at Mavericks, right? No, it's rocks, though. Oh, you get you get pushed under and then you you get stuck in in amongst the rocks where you can't. Yeah, that's how Mark Fu died. That that's oh, why that's when I was terrible. watching this, I was like, oh shit, that's Mark Fu. Oh wow. Oh god, that is awful. So you're kind of like scrambling to get out. Well, Mark Fu's leash got stuck in the rock, and then that's how he died. Ugh. Oh, he couldn't get he couldn't un unattach from his leash. Yeah. He wasn't able to just reach down and just rip the Velcro and get out. Maybe he hit his head. Yeah. He was pinned under, pinned under on a double set wave. Which almost happened to Gerard Butler during the filming of Chasing Mavericks. Oh, really? He tried it? He was out there surfing Mavericks, dude, and he got held really? under by a double wave. Dude, if he can do it, I can do it. Yeah. <laughs> no, don't. I can't have a story about Jared's leash getting stuck under the rock. Well, they have detachable leaves, uh, leashes now. Well, I'm glad there was no death in this movie. No, not in this movie. This movie's fun. <laughs> Although it comes close when we get to the fight, which we'll get to. But uh, anyway, so after this um, event where he gets held under, almost drowns underneath the rocks, then we're back at Turtle Shop. And this is where he meets uh, Chandler, who bought his art supplies. And then this is where Chandler uh, takes him under his wing because he sees Rick's shitty painting, <laughs> which, which isn't worth $150, by the way. Which he paid for those art supplies. And then, so he's going to take Rick back to help him around the shop and help him around the house, I guess, and help him design a new logo 
for his surfboard, which I saw the logo on the surfboard looked perfectly fine to me. Did not look yeah. dated. Looked pretty great. classic. Yeah, that's the best word for it. It felt like a modern aesthetic. It'll stand the test of time. It's funny because Jerry Lopez's logo is very similar because Jerry Lopez shapes boards now. Who's Vince in this movie? So, Aaron, you did not. You had you took this as a questionable Chandler's taking rick to the strange kid to to um yeah and around his kids and fam and wife to me just taking in a stranger to come spend the night even at your house is fucking crazy and weird especially when you have young kids yes let's but let's say you don't have any kids you don't have a wife for this maniac to rape (laughs) it's still weird that you're letting him just come to your house (laughs) <laughs> this maniac. Uh, so, yeah. So, the, I mean, this is essentially another Charles in Charge c- scenario, which we've already delved into as being problematic. And here we have it again. It always seems to work out in TV and movies. But just so you're aware, kids, it's not a good idea. If there was ever a time to not try this at home, that's it. <laughs> There was no gun to your head just because this kid decided to c- travel all the way to Hawaii with only $500 to live on for a summer. That ain't your fucking problem. Give him his <laughs> no, art supplies and- back, but you don't have to and maybe give him a job. And but you don't have to put him up in your house around your family. No, you don't. And also, I saw him. I didn't even see Chandler so much as say hello to his children. <laughs> so maybe... He could spend a little time with his kids and let them sweep up his fucking mess that he makes. He was much more excited to see the dog, which he proceeded to go play with, than the kids. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which, as a dog owner, I understand. Totally. The dog appreciates you no matter what. The kids, they get a little little mouthy. They get get their big mouth, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jared, you should be doing commentary on this in All Pigeon. Do you know Pigeon? Hey, bro, what's up, man? <laughs> <laughs> but this raises an important point that this whole danger uh, of taking in strangers, that cuts both ways. You as a stranger should not just go so eagerly to stay in a stranger to use house because you don't know what they're going to be about. Right. If yeah. a stranger's like, hey, I'll let you live in my house with my family. Don't go live in that house. Trouble awaits you. This is the problem that we had with the guy who was trying to pick him up at the wave pool in Arizona. Yes. So, you know, people just be smart out there. That's all we're saying. People aren't that nice to just say, hey, come live with me. Yeah, and if they are, there's something wrong. That's how you get chained up in a basement. It's either going to stay at Chandler's place or going to stay with Boy George. Either one will get you chained up. Culture club. He's teaching him how to surf, and he's teaching him by going all the way back to like the original surfboards that the original Hawaiian island, that the original inhabitants of the Hawaiian islands who come from Tahiti on fucking like canoes essentially yeah if you go back and look at the history it's fucking nuts that these people from tahiti made it all the way across the pacific to populate hawaii but on these 130 pound surfboards just pure wood that is fucking nuts man yeah how do you paddle out on something like that i don't know 
fucking crazy. It would be fun to try, though. Yeah, it would be fun. See that? Like, there are there are two of them carrying that big fucking wood. Like, and if you wipe out on that, I can't. I can't wrap my mind around this. Dude, it blows my mind too. <laughs> and they're actually doing it there again. To this film's credit, this is cool stuff. Like, there's yeah. some interesting this whole surfing montage there's some really bad music there's some good music in this movie though there's some music from chris isaac in this movie killing joke and journey i don't know where they got the i right knew song. i knew i heard steve perry's voice for one of those songs yeah, yeah it's steve at perry's the voice. end i have it written down i did not know the song but i'm like that is fucking steve perry that much i know I'm like, yeah, 80s montage. And then he's using all the boards and songs. shit. I think, uh, I think the Journey song is uh, what, one of the Rick Keani scenes coming up. So we get the, uh, the he's teaching him how to surf. He gets some nice surfing montages. Uh, then we are suddenly with Rick as he's getting a ride from a pig farmer and ends up at Keani's house. Eating the pig jerky. And this is another thing where it's like, this is definitely a, a true local that they got here. But And he just looks like he's having the time of his life, which I'm sure is kind of the way he goes through life. It is a crazy yeah. scene with all these, yeah, these pigs in the back and eating the jerky. Credit to him. I wouldn't eat just like random jerky that was handed to me by some guy with live pigs in the back of his truck. I wouldn't get into the truck. If a guy with live pigs in his truck, who was gnawing down on jerky like that, started speaking to me somewhere, at the very least, I would pretend that I didn't realize he was talking to me. (laughs) (laughs) Aaron, you know, usually there's three options, gas, grass, or ass, but uh, this guy's not going to give you the three options, I think. (laughs) You have to do all three with him. Yeah, it's all three. That's right. It's not an Andor scenario. He ends up at Keanu's house mia takes rick to a wedding that just happens to be going on so that we can get some more lessons about cultural appropriation and colonialism is that not right doesn't she just say oh yeah i'm just on my way to it was a a family barbecue oh it's a family barbecue i thought it was a wedding yeah it's a family barbecue just getting ready to go just cooking finishing up for it are you hungry I'm starving. Well, then why are you bringing him to this shit knowing the way your brothers and your cousins are? With no preface of that either. I don't even have a family like that. And I'm still like, listen, when you meet them, (laughs) you got to give somebody a little bit of a backstory before you just unleash your family on them. Yeah, I know. They're just taking shots at them. (laughs) She she gives him a backstory, but it's a backstory about how her father died while surfing and then her mother is also dead. Yeah. No backstory for the mother. So by that story, you should know that you're eventually going to be fist fighting some of my family members. (laughs) Yeah, because we're kind of- They're going to rob from you. We've been left to raise ourselves for quite some time. And uh, and she's raising the other young brothers who also don't like him and come off as as a little cold. Well, they come out. Yeah, they come off as little dickheads. But and I, I talked to people from Hawaii. I talked to my dad. He's like he's like in Hawaii. People get in fistfights all the time when they first meet each other. And then and then after a while, after after you punch a guy in a couple times, you're like, yeah, you're all right, brother. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't really say anything. That happens in Jersey, too, probably. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's similar. <laughs> it's like Jersey. <laughs> 
as much as we love this movie, there are some moments of production value and direction that uh, are questionable. So there's the shot where it starts to rain on Keanu, which is really just a shower head just came out of nowhere from behind and starts yeah. sprinkling down <laughs> on her. It was so bad. But then it is raining because it rains all the time in Hawaii. And then as they're after they get out of the rain and they make out for a little bit, uh, they come upon Vince and his crew killing a pig. Yeah, that's common. Yeah. yeah, it's just so, it really is wild. Just like, it just kind of comes out of nowhere, though. Like, I, this is a, another scene that I appreciate in the movie where it's just like, that is really unexpected. Now they're, we, we, we set it up with the pig farmer, I guess. Now they're just killing a pig and like cutting off its ear or something. Yeah, because there's wild hogs all the time. A lot of people from Hawaii hunt wild hogs. Well, yeah, because then that's why at the luau's they always show you like the pig roast, all that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. Wild hogs, you gotta, I guess you gotta hunt them down and, and cull them, and then it's good meat. But then this is where Rick sees the one guy in the crew who's wearing his belt buckle, and then yeah. convinces Vince to let him have it out with the guy because he calls upon his Hawaiian ancestry and the, the way that they used to do things. They were kings. This is really, dude, I, I know it sounds cheesy, but that's so realistic. People in Hawaii are very keen about having fist fights, one-on-one fist fights. Like, I, I've heard so many stories about people just, like, throwing it down. There was a guy, like, my size, and this one guy I met, he was like, yeah, I was in the Navy in Honolulu, and he's like, guys are just, like, fist fighting each other all the time. He's like, they don't stab each other. They just fight with the fist. That's why when he took up that stick and hit him, like no Hawaiian would ever do that. Hawaiians believe that they, if you challenge to a fist fight, you fight with your fist. They're really st- stringent about it. I, I dig it. I respect, I respect that. that. Yeah. Yeah. You fight one-on-one. I like when they're fighting and he's on his back and he just takes his head and starts <laughs> mashing it in the ground, like in the scene from Dumb and Dumber when they're racing up the snow hill, yeah. when they're having the snowball <laughs> fight. He's just like whitewashing him in the dirt. I loved it. It made me laugh. I was like, I wish I could see a fight like that in real life. There's a moment where Rick is talking to Chandler's wife and asks her if she's happy and i'm like you have crossed a major fucking line you little shit you don't ask the wife of the dude who's letting you stay in his house if she's happy so he deserves to get the shit you don't ask your benefactor's wife yeah yeah asking her if she's happy fuck you of course she's not happy <laughs> look at where she's <laughs> she's fucking miserable are you kidding me She's got a husband bringing strangers to stay in their fucking house. <laughs> he won't even talk to their kids. He's not having sex with her. He's too busy out there watching the shaping boards in some locked little shed in the back with his little man cub in there sleeping up after him. No, she's not happy. Shortly after this is where we uh, get that uh, Rick is going to join the pipeline masters competition has to tell chandler because chandler doesn't believe in competitions yeah 
it's kind of, like you figure this is going to be like a big blowout like oh he's going to tell him to get lost and get out of his house and whatever but i kind of like the fact that he's just like yeah okay go ahead <laughs> <laughs> if you want to join the competition i guess you can use can you can i use that board yeah you can use it like i kind of like the fact that it doesn't become like this big uh, inflection yeah. point that they then have to resolve it at the end. I just kind of yeah. like that. It feels a little bit more natural. I kind of like it that. It's more natural. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's why I really like Chandler. Yeah, he's laid back. He doesn't agree with it, but he's not going to stop the kid. I'm like, whatever. Well, let's not forget that this kid created a new logo for him for fucking free. Which, what did you guys think about that final logo? That final logo wasn't bad. The first one he came up with was trash. I mean, it was yeah. it was essentially the same as the the graphics during the opening credits with they're showing over the wave pool competition, yeah. which was Oh yeah, awful. because you know in nineteen eighty seven they were like, Look at this awesome font that we have. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> it comes with Microsoft PowerPoint. It's amazing. Can you believe we can do this? We can write in bubbles. Uh then we're we're at the Pipeline Classic Debrief, which is being led by Tommy Lasorda's brother. And then they step outside for a weird photo shoot. I don't understand what was going on here. They're having a photo shoot before the Classic. It's the dead of night. I don't understand it either. They're, the women are just like... They're not look. They're posing, and then they're like looking at the camera. It was really awkward. Erin, uh, what did you think of these bikinis? Um, really up the butt crack, aren't they? Yeah, I wasn't a fan of the tops. I think, and, and I'm not a big fan of like the high waisted the the bikini top. Definitely, I like the low back. I, you know, people people disparage the early 2000s look. But I will tell you, one of the things that I miss was the low-waisted jeans and then the, the, the women. It was a big fashion thing, at least in Chicago. And then a thong. So you yeah. kind of saw that. Like, what, there was nothing wrong with that. It's classy looking. Better than, like, <laughs> better than high-waisted. I don't like this 80s high-waisted shit. Yeah, and that's popular now. And it was the worst. It looked awful. Yes, it still does. Thank you. It is bad. It wasn't cool then. It's not cool now. Well, here's the the issue with it, too. Like, these jeans that they're bringing back that are high-waisted like that. I don't care how good of an ass you have. Nobody's ass looks good in those. Thank you. Thank yes. you. They like, should be it, it tight. It just doesn't. They should be tight because you can't get them then to uh, hug the form. Not everything has to hug the form, either. You can have pants that are a little, little bit baggier, but it's the way the pockets are placed on it. Yeah. Just maybe the fact that it's denim and the ratio of like, even like the, the crotch. And, um, Bring back Jenkos, man. So yeah, 80s fashions is not, not one to resurrect. No. Uh, and these bikinis and these photo shoots prove it. These bikinis are awful. And the hairspray look. Ugh. Oh yeah, I hate the blown out hair. That's not good. Jersey. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> no apologies needed. Then uh, uh, Rick is upset because uh, Laird is holding Keani for the photo shoot. Then she runs uh, away from him because she doesn't want to be around Laird either. And then they, sh she says, can we drive somewhere to talk? So uh, they drive somewhere and they apparently drive through the night because now when they get out of the car, the sun is up and it's essentially late morning. Yeah, but I like how first when she asks um, for a ride, he says, 
why don't you go ask your new friend? Yeah, that's good. When it's clearly a photo shoot? Yeah. He didn't like walk in on them privately having a moment. Yeah, I don't know. I, I it's like remember... the reality show I did. I, you know, I, I licked one of the, I licked the person's foot because, you know, they told me to do that, so. Like, Rick is like 18. I remember being 18. And guys at that age, they're really, really possessive. I, I would have been flummoxed by seeing Laird Hamilton holding the girl. Although they've only, they haven't really been out on a date, but like kind of once. But still, I can see him. He actually recovers better and is more mature about it after she says, oh, can we just go somewhere? And he's like, okay. So I'm just saying, like, I'm recalling myself at that age. True. Yeah. Okay, I got it. He's like, bitch, you know I like you. Yeah, when I have beach sex. Well, let's get to that. Because then it's day one of the Pipeline Classic. So Keanu comes to watch the competition, knowing that uh, Rick is participating in it. And she tells uh, Rick that uh, her boss let her off work. Now, this is the first introduction to her having a job. And it's a kind of a weird time to do so in the last 10 minutes of the film. Oh, she she says she worked at a stable when she was riding a horse. Damn it. <laughs> but you, I like your take, though. Okay. Oh, so she oh she works at a stable. Well, that explains the horse, then. It explains the horse thing. It's still fucking random. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> it is random to have the horse on the beach like she works at a stable but why are you just taking the horse out well it kind of begs the question does she still work there she appears to have stolen a horse yeah, yeah. she was like well no it's on my horse technically um, she's a horse thief and if this were the I work at a stable <laughs> yeah just in case here's here's my horse I don't go like I'm a surf instructor and walk around with a foamy in a wetsuit all the time <laughs> Although if you did, that would be quite amazing, Jared. <laughs> yeah, it would be pretty funny. Um, so then it's after this first day that Rick has done uh, pretty well. And uh, we have our love montage with uh, Keani. And it's our second love scene on the beach. And I kind of think that they do it better than Keanu and Lori. If only because I think uh, Keani is more attractive than Lori Petty. Fair enough. And yeah. I think Keanu is more attractive than Rick King. Well, that's not saying much. I mean... Whoa, whoa. <laughs> you think uh, the actor who plays Rick Kane can go toe-to-toe with Keanu in the looks Oh, department? no way. I thought you said the opposite. No. Oh, yeah. No fucking way. And I would say if Sean Penn was that role instead, then it would maybe have to... I, it would could be a toss-up, but I probably would still go Keanu. But Sean's got swagger about him too so it just this it would come down to the scene so during this love montage this is where rick is telling her that he wants her to move to new york with him but she doesn't want to you know she's got a lot of irons in the fire she's got a nameless job a few brothers to raise because oh yeah both her parents are dead rick you piece of shit he's she's yeah, trying to raise move. the kids and he's saying come to new york just leave your those three little shits behind <laughs> well i mean how old was she when her parents died you're nine it's time you start raising yourself gotta get charles in charge in there yeah but I, <laughs> I have noted that this movie is a movie that dudes love because they don't end up together at the end <sighs> he's leaving and she's staying and he's 
just pleased as punch about that. He did just get to kind of swoop in, have his fun with her, and then uh, and then he gets to leave. No baggage. <laughs> no baggage. Of course. Uh, th- and then you're talking about the scene at the end at the airport where uh, on the front page of the newspaper is the shot of Laird pulling the leash. That is that is front page news here in Hawaii the in next Hawaii, day. In Hawaii, man. That's a big deal. That's, yeah. a, that's the world tour. Yo, by the way, the, the, the tour, not really as pop, it's only It's popular in coastal communities, you know? Not not in people you talk to, but in Australia, you know, in Hawaii and Brazil, like the tour is serious shit. Like it's as popular as the NBA, you know. Surfing's like huge. That 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 tour, you know, it's serious stuff over there. It's definitely like to sit and watch people surf. I can I could sit and watch that all day. I don't I don't see myself ever getting out there and doing it, but it is definitely cool to see people do it. I mean, I think that the surfing in this movie, did you say that actually earlier that the surfing in this movie was better than Point Break? Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Well, for one thing, they weren't trying to film surfing at night. Like, I don't yeah. understand. Like, why would you go through all that trouble to then like have these shots? I mentioned that in, in that episode, but here it's like bright, beautiful blue water on the beaches of Hawaii. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how we want to see, like, if you're going to go through the trouble of filming these awesome scenes, like, show it in the fucking daylight. Like, I don't understand that. I do hold that against... Uh, I know they're trying to show, like, how ballsy Bodie and uh, his crew are by surfing at night, but it's not It's not that much more ballsy surfing at night, is it? No, not really. It's just the conditions are good if you have a full moon. Yeah. Malibu was lit up when they had the Roxy Longboard Pro. I heard for like a year they had like huge bright lights in Malibu first point and they were able to surf it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. Well, in the end, uh, would you recommend this movie? Like, is this uh, so bad it's good or is this so bad stay the fuck away? It was terrible. We didn't do this for Point Break because I think it was pretty much assumed that we would recommend Point Break to everybody. But now this one is getting into debatable, right? So, uh, Aaron, you first. Would you recommend or not recommend? I would recommend to certain people, but not. I can't just uh, paint a broad stroke with who I'd recommend it to. It'd be on a person-by-person basis. Yes. Or if you're on a flight. Oh, it's definitely a good flight movie. Great flight movie. I like seeing it on the on a bigger screen, personally. I think I really like this movie. <laughs> you know, it's a great movie. It's one of those movies where it's like, this is a fun movie. Would you recommend it? Yeah, man, because people who hang out with me would know that I would like this stuff. So I'd be like, yo, you got to see it. I would recommend it. Yeah. I'm surprised. Uh, looking into this movie, especially after the trailer, I was like, oh, this is going to be bad. I put it off. I put it off. I was like, oh, I'll buy it on DVD. And then I'm like, no, nah, I don't want to even spend that money. I'll rent it. I wish I bought it on DVD because the, especially the first 30 minutes are so fucking insane and crazy <laughs> and so 80s that uh, you can't get on top of what's happening uh i just i was having a blast and then it kind of slows down but even when it slows down it was still interesting even uh, surprisingly the story with uh, rick and chandler it's not bad and it wasn't no. insufferable you know and it wasn't actually cliche we didn't actually mention this but you know aaron you and i said at the trailer like oh and he's gonna win the championship and it kind of goes interestingly kind of the route of rocky 
where he loses in the end, but like that's kind of a victory in and of itself. Yeah, and he goes, you know what? I'm a soul surfer. I don't need a contest to win. Yeah. He was like, I made it yeah. this far. That's really crazy for me to even make it this far. I don't care if I win or lose, but I'm still going to, I'll try. But if I don't, I'm happy. I'm like, that's actually really surprising. That's great. <laughs> uh, yeah, I kind of like that because they could they could have gone that way. They could have gone on the channel. Oh, you're doing a contest. Uh, 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 you know, but he's like, oh, whatever. And he's going to come back and win it to prove something. But it's like, nah. We're just having fun. Like, look at all this this great surf footage, and we kind of have a story going on in the background too. I, I was I was really surprised. I, I think it's a great movie. A great movie. I think it's a good fun movie. Yeah. Like a good. <laughs> it's definitely a. I think you really like Nia Peoples. I like Nia Peoples. I think she's cool. Uh, and actually, if you look, because uh, when I was doing research today, there was like some interview clips you can see. Uh, her on YouTube, like something with Huntington down in Huntington Beach from like three years ago, and she has aged very gracefully. Filipino blood. You know, like you can dog on people for being in bad movies and maybe their career didn't go, you know, become like an A-lister. But you know how hard it is to just be a working actor and just make a living, even like at a middle class level. If you can do that, you are successful because it's fucking hard. And so people make fun of like, oh, they were in this and then they were in nothing. But you know what? They were in something. They were in some other things. They were working and they made they found a way to make a living doing it and that I couldn't do that. So I Yeah, she still is. Yeah. So I think it was a definitely a fun movie. Fun bad eighties movie. Recommends all around, except for Aaron on a person by person basis. True. So that'll do it, guys. We will Don't be get back. Drilled. Don't get drilled. That's the moral of the story. Unless you're trying to get drilled. We'll be back next week with our trailer episode on the next movie that we're doing um halloween themes for the month of october for our double feature and um check out bandcast.com for more follow us on at bandcast on twitter aaron where can people find out more about you they can find me on instagram aaron minogue or on facebook aaron marie minogue and jared where can people find out more about you uh, you can find me on Instagram at Daraj Nivelle. It's my name spelled backwards. Or, I mean, I guess I'm still on Twitter. Jared Lemon Lost. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll see you again soon. Yeah.